Well, today we're finishing up Invested. And, and you know what? I know that it's kind of uncomfortable sometimes to turn and say something to each other. I know it's kind of uncomfortable for us to talk about how much we love each other, how good it is to be together, but this Invested series is all about investing in our relationships with each other to grow closer to Jesus. And so we're going to wrap that up today, um, but, but I want us to get something really important today, and, and that's this. My prayer is that each and every one of us, even though we're wrapping up this series today, that each and every one of us would continue to invest in the people around us, whether it's the people at the grocery store, whether it's the people at work, whether it's your families. We are called to invest in others. As followers of Christ, we are called to help people follow Jesus, to invest in them. And I want to make this really clear. I think sometimes the idea that we get is that we pay people. So like our society, we pay people to do things, right? Like I don't fix anything around my house because I wouldn't fix it, I would make it worse. I pay people to do that, right? Sometimes I'll sit there and like watch them, so maybe eventually I'll be able to do that. And, and I think sometimes in the church we get the picture that we pay people to invest and to build the kingdom but I believe with all my heart that we each and every one of us are called to invest in the people around us to bring people to Jesus and to help people be more like Jesus and I believe that our church will be at its absolute best when it's all of us each and every one of us look around the room let's be awkward again look around the room look at all the people in here if each and every one of us would take time to invest in three people this week, if each and every one of us would love the people around us and share our faith and build our relationships with each other, I just, I think God wants to do some really incredible things through this church. And, and that doesn't mean through my speaking or our singing or anything. I mean through the people of God investing in others through relationships and bringing each other closer to Jesus. And so as followers of Christ, we are called to invest in others. Uh, how do we do that? Well, so far, we've looked at three different ways that we do that. Number one, uh, we do that by setting the example. We, we are to set the example for others. Number two, we, we are called to share the gospel. And you might remember that week we talked about share the gospel, like the Ohio State. This isn't just a gospel. This isn't my gospel. This is the gospel. We share the love and salvation of Christ with others. There is nothing better you have to give the people around you than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we set the example, we share the gospel, and then the third thing we talked about last week is that we build relationships, that we are really called to be in close relationship with each other, and so it's, it's uncomfortable to turn and talk to each other, but we're called to know each other, and to love each other, and to invest in each other. So today we're going to continue to learn from Paul's example in his letter of, of 1 Thessalonians. And Paul has spent time in the church in Thessalonica. He started the church there in Thessalonica. He was there for a short time, but he preached the word. He invested in the people there. He built relationships. And at this point, Paul is continuing to invest by writing a letter, by trying to continue to push them to be like Jesus. 
And so, so we're going to pick it up at the end of chapter 2 here today. But, but what we talked about last week is that Paul has just talked about the relationships, the deep love in his relationships that he has with the people of Thessalonica. And so he, he even talks about, in, in that, the last part of chapter 2, he talks about the fact that he loved them like a mother. He loved them like a father. They're his brothers and sisters. So we get this picture that Paul views the people of God, that we should view each other as family. That's how much we should love each other and take care of each other. And, and so he continues then in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 to 20, and it says this, But brothers and sisters, there it is again, brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, and then in quotations, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or, our, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So Paul says, he starts off here and he says, you know, he's just talked about how much he loves the people, how they're like family. And, and he says here, when we were separated from you, because Paul had to leave, Paul and, and Silas had to leave Thessalonica because of persecution and trouble. And so they had to run away. So they were separated from the people. But he makes it really clear here that he didn't leave because he wanted to. He left because he had to. They were separated. And he says here, I wanted to be with you. I, I, uh, what, what is he says, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. So I want to contrast two things here. I think sometimes we invest in others out of convenience. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. That means we want to invest in others, but we do it on on, you know, when it's convenient, when we have time to do it, when we're in the right place to do it. You know, if, if you're investing someone at the store, you don't go out of your way, but when you're there and you see them, you invest. Or if you're investing in family, like you're, you have a busy day, so you don't really make the effort that day, but when you sit at the table together, you invest. I think sometimes we invest in others out of convenience. We'll do it when we get a chance it's not a high priority, but the other side is what we see here from Paul, and that's that he says, I was longing to see you. I made every effort to come to you, and so it's not just I'm investing out of convenience. It's I want to try everything I can to invest in you. I want to spend every bit of energy. I, I made every effort to be with you and to invest in you. These are two different things. And, and I'm afraid that sometimes we as followers of Christ were called to invest in others, but sometimes we do that just out of a place of convenience. Like, if it comes up, then I'll share my faith. If I have the opportunity, then I'll talk to that person. If the pastor makes me, I will turn and say something to the person. The opposite is, I love God and I love these people so much 
that I'm going to make sure, I'm going to make sure that I invest in them today. I'm going to make sure that I have the opportunity to be with them. Let me ask you a question right here. Are you investing in others out of convenience, or do you strongly desire to see the people you're investing in grow? Do you have an intense longing to grow in relationship and see people come to know Jesus? See, when we love each other the way that Paul loved the people of Thessalonica, we will want so much, we will seek opportunities to invest in each other. I have a friend. When I, when I was a youth pastor in South Carolina, this guy started coming to our church. His kid was in my youth group, and, and he had kind of, you know, strayed away from God, and he came back while I was there, and we became, you know, instant friends. He, he became one of my youth leaders, and, and his name is Tony, and one of my best friends. And Tony and I, over those years, we, we built a friendship, and, you know, based on ministry, based on fantasy football, you know, all the good things in life. And Tony and I became pretty close. And, and so Tony now lives in Georgia. He did live in South Carolina. It's about a 10-hour drive from here to South Carolina. I moved back up here. So all of a sudden, it wasn't really very convenient to go and see Tony. And, and about once a year, I would go back because I love fantasy football. And so I would go back once a year, and I would go to the draft, and I would see all my former teens that were in it, and I would see Tony. And, and that was our relationship. But then one year, I found out that Tony was going through a rough time. And some things were happening in his life that were just breaking his heart. And I got to tell you, I couldn't wait for convenience I had to go. And so I talked to my boss, my dad, and I said, Dad, I got to go. I got to go be with my friend. I've got to go invest in my friend. And I got in the car and I drove down there and we had dinner together and we hung out together. And our relationship grew. And I had the opportunity, not the convenient opportunity, but the longing to be with my friend and continue to invest and build that relationship. Several years ago, Tony got ordained in the Church of the Nazarene. It's a pretty cool thing. I had to go. I couldn't miss it. So I rented a car, because I didn't want to drive my own car that far. I rented a car at 6 in the morning. I got in the car, and I drove to Columbia, South Carolina, about eight hours away. And I got there just in time for their service, and I watched him be ordained. And then we went and ate at Denny's or somewhere like that, somewhere amazing like that at like 11 at night, and I got in the car and I drove back home because I had to be here the next day. It wasn't convenient, but I had to do it because I love Tony. And when my mom passed away a year ago, you know who got in the car and drove up here? Tony did. Because investing in each other is not a thing we do out of convenience. It's a thing we do out of love. It's a thing that we're called to do. We love God so much, we have the opportunity to love the people around us. That's what we're called to do. Not just, hey, if I get the opportunity, but man, I want to build these relationships so deep that I have to go because I love them and I want them to be closer to Jesus. I, I got to be real with you. Sometimes I fall short on this. Sometimes I invest 
out of convenience. But man, my prayer is that God will give me a passion every single day whether it's my kids, whether it's the people I work with, whether it's the people that I see at the store, whoever it is, I pray that God will give me a passion to go out of my way, to have a longing to be with people and to share my faith with people and to build relationship with people because it's not always convenient, but it's rewarding. It's absolutely rewarding. That's what we're going to see from Paul next. So let's look at verse 19. He he tells us why. He made every effort. He tells us why he wanted so badly to be with people. In verse 19, he says, For what is our hope? What is our joy? Or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of the Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed. That's rhetorical. He says, Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. Where does Paul find his joy? Does he find his joy in the fact that he wrote a bunch of letters that ended up being scripture that we're still reading today? Does he find his joy in the fact that he was a successful church planner? That, does he find his joy in the, the churches that he's built? No. He finds his joy in the people that God called him to invest in. The people that were like his brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. And so he says, what is our joy My joy is in you. So the word he says, he says, what is our hope, what is our joy, or the crown in which we glory in the presence of the Lord Jesus when he comes. The word crown there, I mean, it's translated as crown, but really this idea is is, it's kind of a winner's trophy or a winner's wreath. And that day, if if you were an athlete and you went and competed and you won, you would receive a winner's wreath. And so what he's really talking about here is at the end of his journey, at the end of his race, the the crown that he will receive, the trophy, the winner's wreath, is the people that he's had the opportunity to invest in. Paul is saying, you are my joy, my glory, the trophy. Now, Scripture says several times, many times throughout Scripture, that if we will honor God by investing in others, if we will give of ourselves, if we will surrender, as we're going to talk about over the next several weeks, if we will surrender ourselves and love others, we will be rewarded in heaven with treasure. And I think sometimes we get this confused. Because we talk a lot about streets of gold, and we talk a lot about our mansion in heaven, and we talk a lot about our riches and our treasures that we're going to have in God. And the first treasure is obviously the presence of God, being with God for eternity. But then I think when we, talk, when we read those scriptures and we see that there is a great reward in heaven, we think in terms of earthly rewards. We think... Oh, I'm going to have a mansion. God's going to give me great blessings. Maybe I'm going to get that Ferrari I always wanted to drive but could never afford. I don't think that's what it is. What Paul says here is the crown, the winner's wreath, the trophy, the the treasure that I'm going to get at the end of my race is not a mansion. It's not a pat on the back. It's not a Ferrari. It's to be with you, the people that I've had the opportunity to invest in, the people that God has done work in through me and through my investment. I get to be with you. 
Turn around and look around the room again. This is a trick of pastors. We do this to keep you awake, okay? <laughs> but, but seriously, one day I believe if we are faithful to God, not only will we spend eternity in the presence of God and the kingdom of God, but we will spend eternity together. And I really believe this with all my heart, that the greatest treasure that you will have is experiencing Christ, present, the presence of Christ there in person. But I also believe that one of the greatest joys you'll ever have is getting to see each other. The people that you shared life with, the people that you invested in, the people that have passed on. I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like walking into heaven, into the kingdom of God and seeing the people that we love so much that we've cared for. And so I, I think what Paul's saying here is, at the end of it all, what I'm really going to find joy in, what I'm really going to find my glory in, is not things, it's not the things that we love here on earth, it's you. Because I have the opportunity to build the relationship with you. This is true for us with our kids, isn't it? There was a good-looking young man up here singing this morning. And I'm not talking about Wilmer, jo Wilmer Jones. <laughs> You're a good-looking dude, but I'm talking about Sam, my son. Man, nothing gives you more joy than seeing your kids do well, right? Nothing gives you more joy than, than seeing your kids grow and be healthy. And so this past week, I had the opportunity. The oppor I told you last week in my sermon that I have a truck and I like helping people, and none of you called me this week. Thank you for that, I guess, but I really do like spending time with you. You know who did call me? My dad on Monday morning. And he said, hey, what are you doing? I need some help. Can you get your truck and come and help me move? And I said, sure. And so we went and moved some stuff. It took several hours. And, and then we went and sat at lunch. And as we were praying for the food, my dad was praying for the food, he, he stopped and he started praying for me. And I could see the joy in his face because he loves me. And he loves being with me. And he loves knowing that I know Christ and that we're going to share eternity together. I'll tell you what, I feel that. Don't you feel that? With your kids, with the people that you love, with your family, with this family when you see each other. I saw Ralph Funderburg this morning for the first time in a while because they've been on a trip and I thought, I love this guy. He's a great guy. Man, our glory and our joy. I mean, houses are good and Ferraris are really cool. But I love you guys, and I am so thankful that God has given me the opportunity to share not only life, but to share eternity with all of you. And so we find our glory in each other. But here's the other thing I, I want to share about that. When my dad was praying over me, and when, when, he, when I could see the joy in his heart, my parents were always people that invested in me more than they invested in themselves. They would always say things like, we could do this, but we would rather do this for you. They invested everything they could into us. And, and when my dad was sitting there praying for me, do you, do you know what I felt? I didn't feel like, man, I'm so awesome. I didn't feel like, man, I want to go rebel against this terrible, loving guy. I thought, I want to live every single day, every minute, to please my Father in heaven and my Father who loves me and has invested in me here on earth. 
See, when we love each other genuinely, if we will find glory and joy in the people we are investing in, if we will invest out of a deep sense of love, then the people we're investing in will be motivated to know Jesus and to bring us joy. I believe this. I think far too often people outside the church feel like the church is investing selfishly or conveniently, that we want to invest when it's comfortable, that we're, we have some ulterior motive that's about us, but I really believe that when we, when we love people so much that we just have to be with them, when we're willing to go out of our way, not just conveniently, but out of our way to love and serve others, I think it motivates them, and they want this love and this joy and this hope that we have, and so, so we've got to invest out of love. Back to Paul. Paul's crown is not in his own achievement, but in the lives of the people that God has changed and worked through him in, and, and, and I really believe this isn't about a pat on the back. This isn't about a, hey, way to go, Paul. You did a great job. You were so successful. I really believe this is about relationships. And so our winner's crown, our trophy, I believe what we're going to experience great joy and pleasure in, in heaven, first being with our Savior, but second being with each other. But the next thing we see from Paul is that this isn't just a one day joy. This isn't just a when I finish my race joy. This isn't just a hey, this is my trophy at the end of everything joy. Paul goes on to share with us that this joy and this love and this peace is here right now. See, he goes on, he finishes chapter two there with that text, and he goes on in chapter three, and he says, listen, I told you I was going to struggle, and I'm really struggling. I've been persecuted. I've been hurt. But then, in verse 6 of chapter 3, he says this, But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters... In all of our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. Listen to verse 8. For now, we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. So Paul has just said, you are my joy, you are my glory, and one day you will be my winner's crown that I get to be with you, that I get to see the work of God in your life and spend eternity with you. And then he says, by the way, I'm hurting pretty, pretty bad right now. I'm being persecuted. I, I'm in a bad place. But because I know you're doing well, because you're living for Christ, I have joy. Listen, I, another thing I really believe is that when we invest in others, we actually increase our capacity and opportunity for joy. 
that we can be going through a difficult time, that we can be persecuted, we can be hurting, but if we have invested in others and poured ourselves into others, we can have joy in the midst of it because we know God is with us and we know that God is at work. And so investing in others allows us to have joy even when things aren't going well for ourselves. It's kind of living vicariously. Like we, we talk about this a lot in society, like people that are trying to get their sons. I, I love sports. I, I grew up loving sports. I would love for my sons to be great at sports. And sometimes people live vicariously through their kids. They want their kids to succeed so they can feel successful. But this is different. This is like a father that's in prison, that's hurting, but as long as he knows his family's okay, he's okay, right? That's what really, really matters. And so when we, when we invest in others, we actually increase our capacity for joy and our opportunity for joy, and we will be ex- able to experience more joy out of giving than we ever could out of hoarding. So we've got our kids in here. If you're, if you're a kid, raise your hand. I was thinking some of you older people would raise your hand too, but okay. We got our kids in here. And my kids, I, we buy them toys. And, and their first reaction when we buy them toys and their brother comes over and wants to look at that toy is, get away from my toy. That's mine. Don't touch that. I don't want you messing with my stuff. But... We say this, it seems like, every day. Don't you understand that if you can share that with somebody else, if you can learn to play with each other, you will have so much more joy than sitting by yourself and playing with this toy. We aren't meant to be by ourselves all the time. We're meant to share life together. And so when we share life together, when we invest in each other, we actually have more joy. So if you're a kid here today, Share your toys. Invest in others. Let them play with your toys. Grow in your relationship with your brothers and sisters. I know it's hard. I know they smell sometimes. I know they're mean sometimes. But your life will be better if you love and invest in your family. And so it starts with investing in our relationship with God because we've got to grow to be able to invest in others. But then as God changes us, we invest in others. We have opportunities to share what we have. And then when we do that, we experience God's best joy, purpose, fulfillment. And so Paul, he spent a short time with the people of Thessalonica He preached to them, he lived with them, he loved them. And he writes this letter back and he says, you know what happened there, it was good. But I want you to know that you are my joy. You are my glory. And he says, even in the hardest times of life, we now really live because we know that you stand firm in your faith. Paul is blessed Not because he's successful, not because he has great things on earth. Paul is blessed because of the joy he has in others. He's blessed because he has great relationships. And so as we come to the end of the series, I want to go back to what I said at the beginning. You are called, we are called to invest in others. 
Not just when it's easy, not just when it's convenient. It often is not easy and convenient to invest in others. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it takes real sacrifice on our part. But if we will invest in others with love, with a longing to see people grow closer to Jesus, with a longing to build relationships, if we will invest in others because we're called to do it and we'll pour ourselves into others, we're going to find joy and glory for eternity in our relationships with each other. But not just that. We will have the greatest joy we can now. I believe that. I think every week when you walk in here, it shouldn't be a dreadful thing. It shouldn't be a a task that you have to do. I believe you should come in here every week and you should look at the brothers and sisters that you have the opportunity to share life with and you should just smile because God's given us a great blessing in our relationships with each other. And, And I love you guys and I love being here with you. You are my joy And one day, we will spend eternity in God's kingdom together. And that's going to be a wonderful blessing. So the band's going to come up, and as they come up, I want to go over the four things. And we're going to sing a song. We're going to talk about God's mighty saving power. And then our kids are going to help us have a fun way to end this series. But the four things that we need to do to invest in others. We are called to invest in others. So what do you need to do? Number one, you need to set the example in the way you live, in your relationships. Number two, you need to share the gospel, God's gospel, God's love and God's grace. Number three, you need to work hard to build the relationships that you have to become like family together. And number four, you need to find your joy in each other. Father, I thank you for bringing us together today. I thank you for these wonderful friends. I thank you for this wonderful family. And I pray, Lord, that that as we worship together, as we sing together, as we share meals together, as we share life together, I pray, Lord, just that you'll give us joy. Help us to find joy and peace in you, but help us to find joy and peace in our relationships with each other. Help us to love each other so deeply that it doesn't matter what's going on around us, but we have joy in you and in each other. We love you, Jesus. Amen.